see if we have any issues with this. You got me, Jonah? Wow, that was a really good time to ask. No, they're not any slides. <laughs> Just like at home. Wait till the last minute. At least he asked. Sorry, I'm pulling up the clipboard. Man, what am I grunting for? I'm only 37 years old. Let's go. Come on. Jeez. Love you too. Father, we this time await a message from your word. We pray that John will be at peace, focused, listening to you. Thank you, Father. We ask for your blessings to be upon him at this time. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right, so before we dive in, you can turn to John 11 if you want. Some orders of business that's pretty good. Next week is what? Thanksgiving, lunch, Sunday, whatever. I, wasn't it like, didn't last week I have to like try to hype people up to get excited about that? I'm canceling it. That's it. It's, it's over. <laughs> if y'all don't get, that, get any more excited than that, I'll tell you what. The most excited person gets to go first. Thanksgiving. Chin's <laughs> going first. <laughs> hey, if, if you weren't here last week, uh, here's a sign-up sheet for main dishes, side dishes, all that good stuff. Can you, you've already signed up probably. I'll come back to where it's more. Just pass it along. Um, to go along with that, Saturday at 5.30, if we have any able-bodied folks to help set everything up, that would be awesome. The Vols are playing at 6, so I know I'm going to miss some of it, but it would be helpful if I didn't miss all of it. So, let's put it on the big, we need to put it on the big screen. I should have made some slides. Oh, the game. That's a good point, actually. We could do that. They won't pay attention. <laughs> Uh, so let uh, me or Linda Fulgham know if y'all can help. We'll be here. At let us know in case something changes so you don't show up. But probably nothing's going to change. But just in case, um, I had something else about Thanksgiving in my mind, and now it's gone. That's why you should write notes. That's why you should have slides, John, with some notes on them. Yes, okay, that's good. That is. So that was something else. I was Maybe that was the other thing um, that I was going to bring. I don't know. The twenty, the Monday um, of Thanksgiving week, that's when Dr. Shields, 22nd, that's right, uh, she said that would be a great day. The teacher's coming in and um, ready for this wild week maybe and to have a church or someone to say, hey, we care for you. So um, if you, anyone wants to help with that, I know me and Brian and I are going to go. I wouldn't mind a lady's touch, you know, just going to be real. Uh, so if anyone could help, we're going to be going... We'll probably be meeting a little after 8 or so and then heading over there. Their, their um, school starts at 8.35, so we probably want, we want to get there earlier than that so that we can get it all set up for them the 22nd. It'll be the Monday after we eat here. So that very Monday morning, we're going to head on over there. 
like eight o'clock. At least she's honest. She wasn't listening. Do y'all not listen to my sermons? Is that what's going on? Am I just now finding out about this? <laughs> what? What's happening right now? Um, so anyways, uh, come see me if you want to help. That would be awesome. We're going to do donuts. We're going to do coffee. And we're gonna get like, I'm going to get like some creamers and syrups and stuff like that to where it makes it nice for the teachers and they get all excited. Dr. Shields was very happy. And yogurt and bananas. You know, Lauren, I, I've got it written down, Lauren. I'll get the yogurt. I know. It's true. I would rather eat the yogurt, any, honestly. I mean, I would rather eat the donuts, but health purposes, I'd rather eat some yogurt. We will do that. We'll make sure that we get that. Um, lastly, before we dive in to John chapter 11, after, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. Next week's message is all of us, Okay. We're going to have all the tables set up. So when we get in here, we're going to have all these tables set up. And so I just want you to think about, we're going to pass the mic around. No sermons. All right, one minute, okay? I know how we go. Sometimes some of us, we go. If We're going to have a shepherd's crook, and we're just going to yank you if you're taking too long. Or we can, get, we can just do the little feedback thing up there so everyone be like, like a dog collar that shocks. But um, two things I would just have you think about, something that you're thankful for this year, and also since we've been doing prayer and fasting, maybe something God showed you through this season of prayer and fasting. All right, if it's really good, we may give you an extra 30 seconds to two minutes. Um, That, and then lastly, after that week, we are gonna do, which we haven't done this year since I've been uh, part of Stones River, I haven't initiated this, but we're gonna do um, celebrate Advent this year. Have anyone ever done that before? Yeah. Oh, some excited people. Good. Good. Okay, cool. If you don't know what that is, we'll be lighting a wreath. And um, you spend two weeks looking forward to Jesus' return. And you spend two weeks looking back at Jesus' first coming to the earth. All right? So it's beautiful for this season. And if you want to, I'm going to be using scriptures from. Now, we'll have Larissa. I'm telling you ahead of time so you can order the book if you want. I'm going to have Larissa send out the scripture readings for every day. I've got one for every day. Um, but there is a book, an N.T. Wright book, that I'll be using, a guide. I'm going to have her just send the Amazon link out to y'all. thought about ordering some books, and she was like, well, what if people don't buy them? I was like, okay. So we're going to send out the, 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 the link. I think everyone probably knows how to use Amazon at this point in time, right? So if you want that, you can. But again, if not, we, we'll send that out. I'm going to encourage, like, even families, like, maybe pick a night to where you can be going. Like, you, could, you don't have to have a wreath, but you could if you want to. They're like 20 bucks on Amazon if you want to go. I just know everything about prices on Amazon, I guess. But, I mean, you can order one for not that much. You can go to Hobby Lobby. Yeah, so there's a plenty of places you could go to get these things. But sitting down and taking a night for four weeks over Christmas to spend with the family. If you don't have family, get together with some folks here. Ask some people to come over and celebrate that together. Does that sound cool? All right, awesome. John chapter 11. That's a lot, huh? We have happenings on, goings on around here. Are we doing that Christmas program for sure? And it's going to be like last year? I might as well say that. We're going to do a Christmas program like we did last year. So for those who sang songs or participated in it, we're going to do that sometime in December. What What time is that? The 19th, that's right. So just prepare. You can prepare for that. And let Matt or and... Lauren know what you plan on doing, right? Or Lauren instead of Matt? Lauren's going to make an official announcement next week if you didn't hear about that. All right, I probably just screwed it up. Okay. 
I figure people might be thinking about that. All right. So we've been spending a whole season, as I've mentioned at the beginning of every message, on prayer and fasting. Um, we're transitioning over to this to Advent season, thankfulness, and then Advent for the rest of this year, basically. Um, and then we'll see where we go. I have some ideas, but we'll see where we'll head into the new year as we talk about participating in Jesus's mission and what he's wanting to do. And us talking about the beginning of that is prayer and fasting. Um, this John chapter 11, the story of Jesus and Lazarus has been on my heart this whole week. And I think it's kind of cool because there's a lot of pieces to relationship with God that's in this passage. Um, a lot of things when it comes to like, what do we do when we're disappointed by God? Or what we pray and we ask him to do things and it doesn't happen. Also, I've been always super intrigued by, I mean, of course, Jesus's relationship with the Father and this prayer that he prays before Lazarus is raised from the dead, I guess, spoiler alert, if you didn't know what's going to happen. But like that drew me in initially, like, man, there's just this intimacy with the Father and that this willingness and desire for others to grow in that, in that intimacy. And so, I don't know, I, I want to go through this, I want to think, we're going to learn a lot of things through here, but I want us to also look at this through uh, prayer, the eyes of prayer, um, as we've been spending so many weeks doing this. So, John chapter 11, right before what we read, Jesus departs across the Jordan to where John was baptizing people. So last we know, that's where Jesus was, Okay. Maybe he went somewhere else, but last we know that's where Jesus was, which was about a day's journey away from Bethany. That will be important for the timeline of what's happening. All right. John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So Mary was a very common name. And we even know Mary the mother of Jesus. John's going to make sure that we understand which Mary this was. If you actually go to John chapter 12, like further on, that's when it actually has this uh, story of what Mary did. And I think many of us have read that story, right? This, whether Mary realized it or not, she did this extremely prophetic act. <laughs> she pours out this perfume on Jesus's feet, wipes it with her hair. It's this really intimate moment. And You've got Judas complaining about, oh, why did, you, why did you do that? We could have sold that perfume and given to the poor. Um, but Jesus saying, We're, everyone's going to hear about this because you have anointed me for burial. I wonder if she knew. I kind of, I don't know. I doubt it. I kind of doubt she really knew at least the breadth of, of what all she was doing to Jesus. But it's that Mary that is um, Lazarus' sister, excuse me, that we're going to be talking about today and her sister Martha. So Lazarus is sick. In verse 3 it says, So the sister sent message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. I think all of us have been in this situation, probably, right? Like Lazarus is not just like, I've got a cold. Lazarus is really, really sick. And I think all of us have probably been in that situation where we find out that someone that we love or ourselves or something is very, very sick. And what do Mary and Martha do? They, they, pray, they petition Jesus. Like, what do they know? What does Jesus do? He heals the sick, right? Like, I mean, it seems like a pretty smart thing to do, right? And so they send someone with a message of, hey, Lazarus is sick. And it wasn't just like, you know, it is your birthday. It's like, no, it's not like a fact. It's like, hey, he's sick. Come do something about it, right? That was an office thing for those who <clears throat> watch that show. I'm not saying I recommend it, but I kind of do, except for some of the episodes. All right. 
So, which I don't recommend. <laughs> Lord, the one you love is sick. So in verse 4 it says, When Jesus heard it, he said, This sickness will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus' response has me intrigued a lot this week, especially with the idea of Jesus just got some very disturbing news, right? And again, how many times, I mean, we could, maybe we don't want to put ourselves back into those situations where we heard horrible news about someone's health or something, and it just like, you would, you would go from depression to uh, anger to frustration to why God, like, right? I mean, I I've experienced that. I don't know about you all, but I think most of us probably have experienced that. Jesus is not calloused. Like, he's going to weep in this scenario. But what Jesus has is such an intimate communion with the Father. This is, this is part of that idea of prayer. Like, last week we talked about practicing the presence of God, right? Like, recognizing the presence of God day in and day out. He has such an intimate relationship with God and so in tune with God's mission that when he gets this devastating news, this, this terrible news, he knows what God wants to do with it, right? He knows that the plan of the Father is what we just read. This sickness will not end in death. Like, this is, this is going to glorify God, and that will bring glory to the Son of God. And I long for that intimacy and that communion and that prayer life with God. Not, again, to be calloused, not to act, you know, whatever, well, you guys shouldn't be crying over this. If you were true Christians, it's not that at all. But to have the clarity of thought, to have the clarity of thought and the understanding, the alignment with God's mission. Every day, all day. And Jesus walked in that mission. And that comes from his closeness and his intimacy with the Father, which is prayer, what we've been talking about, a part of that. Now it says in verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So John wants us to know, because of what he's about to say, make it clear that Jesus loved them. I would love, if there, was, if there was a story about me in the Bible, I would love for it to say Jesus loved John. I'll tell you what, that would, that would, anyways, I know he does, but it's just really cool that it's recorded for them. <laughs> but it says, he loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. I think John has to tell us that he loved them so we don't think that Jesus was just being unloving, right? Like, I don't care. No, he cared about them. He did, if, if Jesus loved them, that means a lot. God himself loved them. But he also knew that there was a mission from the Father. There was a plan from the Father. And Bethany was about, like I said, about a day's journey. There's a good chance, because we know when Jesus arrives here in a little bit, that he was dead four days. There's a good chance he would have died no matter if Jesus left at that exact moment or not. All right, if you do the timeline. However, Jesus wants to make sure he's good and dead. I'm just being real. Like, like if someone died and like an hour or two later went to the morgue and lay their hands and they resurrected, that'd be crazy, amazing. Glory to God. But if they were dead for four days, <laughs> that would be like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, I, my mind doesn't have a place for that, Right? Well, Jesus is going to make sure he's good and dead for the glory of God. I'm glad Jesus didn't choose to let me be good and dead for the glory of God. But I mean, I guess, I don't know. He's got a story written about him in the scriptures and has encouraged people for thousands of years, so that's not bad, huh? <laughs> Whew, all right, let's go. 
So he stayed two days. In verse 7 it says, Then after that he said to his disciples, Let's go to Judea again. Now they have some concerns with this idea because Bethany, by the way, was very close to Jerusalem. In verse 8 it says, Rabbi, the disciples told him, Just now the Jews tried to stone you, and you're going there again? Like, he almost got killed. You really want to go back to that? And I'm wondering if there's a little self-preservation in the, in, behind this as well. Like, I don't know if I want to get into all that, Jesus. I mean, I don't know if I want to get stoned. I love the relationship. Like, that's, I'm trying to drive, like, get my, my prayer time to recognize it's communion with God. It's relationship with you. You can ask him questions. Really? You really want me to go there, God? Like, it's okay. He can take it, you know? Are you sure? Like, Mitchell Nielsen, I don't, I don't know, God. Like, Really? And then Jesus' response is, aren't there 12 hours in a day? He says, Jesus answered. If anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. Basically, Jesus says, I'm on mission with God and I'm the light. So don't worry about it. Like, I've got, if, you, if you're walking with me and we're walking in the plan of God, yes, tough things are going to happen. Yes, he already, they already tried to stone him. But ultimately, when we're walking in the plan of God, God's going to see through his plan, and I am in the light. If you, you're gonna, if you want to worry, worry about walking in darkness. I thought, I'm telling you, even in your own home, darkness can be, a, can be a bugaboo. Who's gotten up out of bed at night and stubbed their toe and said a few words they probably shouldn't have said? I know that that's happened. That's what he's saying. When we walk in sin and darkness... <laughs> It's, we're stumbling. We're stumbling around. We don't even recognize it most of the time. I know it's happened in my life whenever I've allowed sin to come in and be like, wow, what's going on? What am I doing? You ever have those moments? In verse 11, it says, he said this and told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll get well. I love that verse because it makes me not feel so stupid. Because the, the term falling asleep was common in their day like to mean death. Like It wasn't like Jesus was speaking his ultra-cryptic language. They were just kind of a little, little dense. Like, come on, guys. It makes me go, cool, Jesus could pick me because I might not always be the sharpest tool. <laughs> I might not be the sharpest tool in the drawer all the time. Tool in the shed? Depends on if you have a tool drawer, I guess. I don't know what I'm talking about. All right, let's go on. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death. But they thought he was speaking about natural sleep, so Jesus told them plainly. See, God can, t- like, God can just straight up tell us plain stuff. Again, I'm looking at this relationship they have with him. Lazarus has died. Like, all right, guys, like, he's dead. I'm gl- but then he says something interesting. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe. Let's go to him. He's basically saying, I'm glad for you that I didn't heal him when he was sick so that your faith is going to increase by this incredible miracle that I'm about to do. You ever have God delay in something and that really be very frustrating to you? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of Mary and Martha. I'm thinking of all this stuff like, God, what is going on? But have you ever also had those times where you were like, I get it. Like, maybe you wanted a promotion or a new job or something, and you're, like, frustrated at God, and you're angry. You're like, God, why? And then, like, six months later, a year later, you're like, yeah, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> thank, you for your, thank you for being patient. Now, there are always th- there are things in our lives where we still have questions about it, and that's okay. 
But there are of, oftentimes when he delays, quote unquote, or takes his time, there's oftentimes in my life I've recognized there's a reason for that. I wasn't ready. I needed to mature in this area, X, Y, or Z. <clears throat> but he tells him, I'm glad he's delaying here. There's for, it's for a better reason. Then Thomas called twin, said to his fellow, fellow disciples, let's go too so that we may die with him. Now, people have argued whether he's being sarcastic or being real. I guess it could be either or. Like, all right, let's go die with him, I guess, if he's going to go ahead and do that. Or stick out his chest a little bit like, hey, let's go die with him. You know, the, the disciples do try to one-up each other. That's, that makes me feel better about myself too. Um, I actually read this quote that basically along those lines this week, just a quick sidestep, said that if you exalt yourself or push others down to show people how righteous you are, you're basically further from the heart of God than you realize. Because the heart of God is always looking to draw people closer to his heart. And I was like, wow, that was good. <laughs> it's not, and we've all done it, right? I mean, let's not, let's not be too holy here that we've said, well, did you see sister or so, brother so-and-so? But we're really just trying to boost up ourselves. No one, I'm, I'm the only one. I'm sorry for saying that. That's actually done that. When Jesus arrived, verse 17, those who follow him along, he found Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. So there you go. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. So put yourself in this scenario Jesus is about to walk into, because it's easy to read through it. But we've all been to funerals. We've been to receptions. We've had very close relatives. Most of us probably have passed away. We've had family members and friends, right, come into your home, provide meals for you, console you. This is what's going on. They're weeping. They're crying. They're remembering Lazarus. All the while, this Jesus who's healed all these people appears to have done nothing. Like, I just can imagine all the thoughts that are racing through my mind if I'm Mary and Martha. And in verse 20, it says, as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, as soon as she heard, she went to meet him. She had, hey, I got to go talk to Jesus. You know, you ever have those moments? But Mary remained seated in the house. I've heard speculation as to why she may have remained seated. It could be as simple as there are people there and you can't just leave your guests from the house, all your guests. But nonetheless, I'm not going to speculate on that. It says in verse 21, then Mary said to Jesus, like I can just imagine Mary walking to Jesus and this is the very first thing she has recorded saying to him is, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And I don't think that was just a matter of fact statement either, do you? Can you sense below that? Why? Like, what are you doing, Jesus? Like, if you would have been here, Jesus, my brother wouldn't have died. I think we've all asked God those questions before. I've God, why? Why did my sister-in-law die so young, right? Like, I don't know. God, but she wants to know. I mean, she, she makes that statement. If you had not been here, he wouldn't have died. God can take those statements. Prayerfully, relationally, God can take those statements. It's not that we're irreverent towards God or whatever. We recognize God. I don't understand this. Why? Of course, she says in verse 22, yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. I think that's an interesting statement because there's almost like a hint of hope there, and yet her actions don't really show that she thinks that he can actually be physically resurrected. Her words that she speaks, and when the stone was going to be rolled away, she says, it's stinky. <laughs> like, she doesn't actually have that, I don't know, maybe that's just like a good Christian saying to say, God, you can do whatever you want. 
Because his response is, your brother will rise again. It says Jesus told her. And then Mary gives, you know, maybe in today's age, a, a proper Christian response. Yeah, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Uh, most Jewish people believed in the resurrection, the Sadducees and some didn't, but for the most part, it's kind of like when someone stands up and says, God is good, and we all say it, and all the time, God is good, you know, someone's all hype, some morning you're like rolling your eyes like, well, I guess I got to respond. Oh, I'm not the only one that's done that? <laughs> like, oh man, John's just super excited this morning, okay, let's do it. She says that kind of, that response, yes, yes, Jesus, I know he'll... He will rise on the, at the resurrection. And then Jesus' statement back is just such a, a, a stunner. I, I, don't, I don't think I really have my mind wrapped around all that this means. I've been meditating all week. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Like, yes, there will be resurrection. That's awesome. But I am the resurrection. The only reason there will be resurrection because I am resurrection. Like, that's huge. I am the life. Like, I closed my eyes this week and I tried to think, like, without God, there is, God is life, right? Without God, there's nothing. In God is life. Like, life flows out of God. That's who he is. Walking away from life is why death and decay happen. Like, right? You're either walking to and walking with God, which is life, or you're walking away, and that's what happens. From God, God is very life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? So he's recognized, he's saying, listen, if you want to be resurrected, it's, it's, it's all hinged on Jesus. It's all hinged in our, on our belief and our relationship with him. I think D.L. Moody said something like, Whenever, one day, of course, this is true for all of us, right? You'll read the newspaper and say D.L. Moody is from blah, 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 blah. I can't remember what area of Chicago or whatever he lived in, has died. And he made a statement like, actually, I'll be more alive then than I, than I am right now. And there's a truth, there's a truth in the reality that even when we die, Jesus says we live, right? There is resurrection. Be more alive. It's hard for us, even myself, to wrap my mind around that truth, to even think of what it would be like to take my last breath, but to recognize that Taking my last breath, there will be resurrection and we'll be resurrected into new bodies, but it all hinges on Jesus. And that's her response is, yes, Lord, she told him, I believe you are Messiah. I believe you are the anointed one, the son of God who comes into the world. I believe this. That's a super important question for us all to ask ourselves. Do we really believe that he is the anointed one, the anointed one from the Lord? Because all of our, everything hinges on that. Resurrection hinges on that question. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and calling for you. So Jesus wanted to talk to Mary. As soon as Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went with him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. So he hadn't come into this, the scene of all these people crying and, and, and consoling Mary and Martha. Um, but it was still in the place Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to cry there. So all these people who are with Mary decide, here we go. So now Jesus has this entourage of people that are heading towards him. It's not just Mary. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him. She says the exact same phrase that Martha said. 
Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And verse 33 says that when Jesus saw her crying. So can you imagine the scene of like, you know the mission of the Father? You know the plan that he said, what, what, what he's supposed to be doing, and yet you have Mary coming. Mary is falling down. You, you, Martha's already saying, Jesus, what's going on? Mar- Mary's falling down at your feet. She's weeping. There's people mourning behind her that are coming. Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I don't know. There is a point where he does become overcome with emotion. Like, God is emotional. Like, I don't know. It would be so hard to swallow and try to fight back the tears. Like, man, God, this is a, this is a difficult thing that he was calling Jesus to. And yet, again, we can be candid with God, which Mary is very candid with. Like, why? What's going on? <clears throat> It says, when Jesus saw her crying, in verse 33, and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Think about that. God made flesh. He wasn't, like I said, super calloused and like, oh, I don't know emotion and I just, I know the mission of God. It bothered him. It troubled him. He was moved. Think of that scene. And this is in the context of where he says, He's deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Verse 34 says, where have you put him, he asked. They told him, come and see, and Jesus wept. Like, here's a moment. He loved Lazarus. He loved Mary. He loved Martha. He knew the mission, the plan that God had. All these people are weeping, and they're, they're, they're remembering Lazarus, and overcome with emotion, Jesus weeps. I like that. I love that about God. I love that he wasn't like just, I don't care, a robotic. Like, he weeps. And I asked myself, I wonder if in my times of prayer, in my times when I didn't know, what happened if Jesus wept with me and I didn't even realize it? If Jesus consoled me and was just there for me, with me, going, I understand, man, it's tough, and I'm here. He did for them. Man, just taking our prayer lives to just raw realness with God. Again, not irreverence or anything, but just being real day in and day out, it, cha- it really changes everything. Uh, verse 36, we're getting close here. So the Jews said, see how he loved him because of Jesus' weeping. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind, uh, the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? This question's around Jesus, right? Why, Jesus? Why, why, why? Everyone's asking. You've healed so many people. You've opened blind eyes. Surely you could have killed this virus or whatever sickness it was that, that killed Lazarus. Surely you, should have, you could have done this. But again, Jesus knows the mission of God. There's a reason that he didn't. Then Jesus deeply moved again. So he's not just moved one time, but he's deeply moved again. He came to the tomb. It was a cave, and the stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. So Jesus has to compose himself in the midst of all this and walk forward in the mission of God. Now, I love that, and I know that that comes from his relationship with the Father. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he's been dead four days. So that goes back to the statement of him saying, her saying, uh, yeah, I know you'll give God whatever uh, you ask. God will give you whatever you ask. But of course, obviously, she's not really believing that he'll be resurrected. Here, there would at least be hope, and at this moment, she's like, he stinks, Jesus. Like, what are you doing? And Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you 
that if you believed, you would see the glory of God. I love that statement. I believe that Jesus wants to reveal the glory of God, even here, even more in our city, in our families, than I've believed for. Um, I don't know about you, but he says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God, and God's being glorified in in this scenario. So I've, I've really prayed and thought about that this week. Where am I not believing to see God's glory released into our city? <clears throat> so they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, I love this prayer. This is, again, what drew me into this passage initially. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe that you sent me. See, Jesus, is. this is not just occasional prayer that he prays. He's in this communion with the Father, and he's praying this prayer not for himself, right? He's not praying it so, he's not saying, Father, I pray that you would heal him. And all. He knows the will of the Father because of his communion with the Father and his relationship. I know that you've heard me. Jesus has talked to the Father about this. There's no doubt about it. This is, this is something that's probably been on his mind for, since he heard that Lazarus was sick, even before then, very possibly. I know that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. And I love, like, John, John tells us that if we, um, oh, my gosh. You know whenever you're talking in front of people and you miss something that you know so simply? Um, what's the verse about if we do know the Father's will? He will give us whatever we ask of him. What's the beginning of that verse? Oh, my gosh. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> I've said it a thousand times. Does anyone else do that? You guys ever do that? Like you just said it a million times and like you, you do this and you're like, why can't I, why can't I think of that? Oh gosh, thanks John. Thank you. Oh geez. And he will give you whatever you ask of him. What is the beginning of that verse? Basically it says that if you, are, if you know the will of the Father and you're walking in the Father's will, then you, he will give you whatever you ask. Jesus walked perfectly in the will of the Father. He knew it. There's confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know that he hears us, there it is. Then we know that we have what we've asked of him. Ah, it was just John's smiling face that it just went boom. I don't know what happened there. There's some kind of connection there. There's the glory of God. He walked in the Father's will, and he knew the Father heard him. And the only reason that he was even speaking out loud here is so the crowd could hear and believe that Jesus was sent by him for resurrection. And I love that Jesus invites us into that type of relationship. I mean, we've Greg taught on it, the Lord's Prayer, our Father, our Father. I think that's something that we just, I get past, or I, I just glaze over sometimes to recognize, no, he's invited us into that intimate of a relationship. It's his Father and our Father, his God and our God and that we can walk in that closeness with him. It says, after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice. Like His prayer was pretty simple. Three words, Lazarus, come out. You might think he might have to say more right, to raise a, four, a dead man who's been dead four days. But he didn't. He says, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. That had to be crazy. Could you imagine a stone being rolled away and a guy has these grave linen strips, these, these cloths on him. It says, uh, the dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips 
and with his face <clears throat> unwrapped in a cloth, wrapped, excuse me, wrapped in a cloth, Jesus said to him, unwrap him and let him go. And then the very next thing, so Jesus sees, we see resurrection power. Very next thing it says, therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he did believed in him. Amazing. But also, some of them who went uh, to the Pharisees and told them uh, what Jesus had done, they didn't like what he had done. Actually, if you go on into like chapter 12, it says they were trying to kill Lazarus because of this. <laughs> like the people who didn't like what Jesus was doing, because how do you, what do you say? A guy's been dead for four days. Like the only thing you can do to shut him up would make sense to kill him again so that no one could actually go see Lazarus. But that relationship with the Father, I just want to end with that. Like, we're invited into that. And in that, we can ask God tough questions. In that, there'll be moments where we may feel disappointed by God. But we can talk to him about that, you know? We can grow in, in understanding the mission of the Father together, right? God, what do you have? Is this, is this part of what you have for our city, God? Let's walk in that. Let's walk in, in that day in and day out presence and communion with God. This last week even, like I'm, like Seth and I have been going to Gold's Gym and trying to, you know, meet new people and, and be on mission as we're in there um, and reach people for the Lord and disciple us, our hearts. But this week, like we said, we got to get, let's get ser- more serious about our prayer time together. Like oftentimes we would just go to the gym and boom, like we pray separately. But we started like getting together ahead of time and driving around and praying, driving from here over there and praying. And some, you know, sometimes it's not always like super intense or anything. It's just like, hey, Father, Father, we love you. Like, show us what to do, where to talk. And I'm telling you, we were been our minds been blown about how many conversations we have. And I know it's related to that. I just know it. Like Seth was saying last night, he's like, I can't believe how many conversations we've had this week with people having lunch with a guy who's not a believer, but he says he's spiritually open. Like all, it's just like incredible. Meeting a believer, a guy that was a believer, who after we met him for the first time, we go have lunch, and he shows up at the restaurant and says, is this a God thing or an odd thing? You know, I'm like, that's interesting. I, hope, I think it's a God thing. Though God does do odd things sometimes, doesn't he? At least odd to us. But like, Man, there's so much power here to this relationship, and there's so much power to this to this thing, this this prayer thing, and walking in this. Father, we are going to listen to the Lord. We are going to take a couple minutes, but I just want to talk to the Father, because uh, fa- He's here, right? Like we, it's like, dearest Lord of heaven and earth. Like, yeah, we can, like, Father, we can pray like that. I mean, but like, just be real, Father. Thank you so much for your desire for us to be in relationship with you for your desire to teach us. Like your disciples who walked with you in prayer and relationship with you, you, de- you desire to teach us. You desire what's best for us. You desire, Father, what's best for our city, for where we're at right now. And God, we just ask that you would help us to have ears to hear you. Like really just listen and hear you, Lord, as we're driving, as we're just going on walks, as we're spending time with our kids or our grandkids or whatever it is, that we would hear your voice. That when we're having conversations with others, we wouldn't be so worried about what they think of us that we can't be thinking, hey God, do you have something um, for them? Do you have something that I can say? Or is there a way for me to love them or, or do something for them, Father? I just I ask that every one of us would just continue to grow, Lord, in our communion with you. 
and our time of prayer with you, which is every day our breath. And that, God, that, that we will look back at the season that we've had and that it won't just be a season, it'll be a lifestyle change. That we'll say that there's something that sparked in us, that God sparked in us to, to deepen, to deepen our, our walk with him. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. All right, look, guys, we're going to spend a couple minutes. and I just, I, I'm just gonna, I just want to continue to do this. Uh, I just feel like it's, it's from the Lord. It's a great practice. So take a couple minutes. We're just going to listen to the Lord. Does someone have anything they feel led to share this morning? Meet you halfway, brother. We had um, learned from a family that it's... um, good to give God the praise for traditional healing as well as miraculous. But in that, the two worlds met. Wednesday, met with a fellow teacher in the hallway, and she said, please pray for my dad. He's going to be undergoing surgery for something very serious in his neck, and uh, he's very worried Um, and so we had prayer right there in the hallway during our school-wide moment of silence more prayer was offered up for wisdom for the doctors and nurses that would be caring for him about an hour and a half later got the news that the doctors and nurses minutes before putting the knife to the skin, noticed that on his chart, the medication that he was on could have killed him in the the midst of surgery, and that was adverted. Praise God, yes, indeed. 
So it's it's amazing how God works and responds to our prayers. Um, and I am so thankful that he does. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome, David. That's good. Anybody else? Going once, going twice. Now let's end by, would someone pray for Mitchell Nilsson for us? Because we're not going to quit our prayers for Mitchell Nilsson. Someone can do it. Someone can do it. Dave is going to run. Oh, Greg's coming up here. You double it up. There you go. And then we'll end. Pray with me. Father, we bless your name. And we cry out for you to make us the means of blessing for our neighbors. And especially this morning, we pray again. We persist, we knock, we ask, we seek for the faculty, the staff, the students, and all of their families at Mitchell Nielsen. We pray especially for the health of the school as um, the pandemic is ongoing. We pray for the sanity, the emotional stability, the strength, the fortitude of the teachers and staff who are um, teaching under such trying circumstances. We pray for the learning of the students who have lost learning over the last year and a half, who are behind, who have to look ahead to standardized tests that they may struggle with and questions about where that leaves them with applications for the places they want to go. And uh, fathers, there's just um, there's so many ripple effects that people are feeling right now. And I pray that in the midst of those feelings, they would turn to you, and if they don't have a point of reference, that you would let us be that point of reference. I pray that you would make us available, that you would loosen the stranglehold of obligations on our schedules so that we can be in those halls, so that we can be in prayer with those teachers. I pray that you would help us re realign our priorities together as a community toward mission and and I pray that you give us the clarity about what that means in this very specific opportunity. And, and it's multifaceted, God. So I pray that you give us wisdom to discern what to do and when and, and how best. I pray, Father, for the families at Mitchell Nielsen who are poor, who are trying to figure out how to make it work right now. I pray for the families who live in non-traditional housing or no housing at all and are daily confronted by the discouraging reality of an empty pocketbook and for kids whose nutrition isn't what it should be in order for their brains to develop as they're learning and for marriages that are struggling and have no resource and no model for something different 
I pray for the children who are experiencing abuse, the spouses who are experiencing abuse in those homes. I pray, please, that you would liberate them. And if you can use us for that, please do. I give you thanks for the families that are strong, the families that know you, whose influence is salt and light in that school. I give you thanks for the faith that we've already seen among faculty and staff. And pray that you strengthen it, strengthen their hearts, make their witness more than they expect, more than they could imagine. Let us become partners. Lord, in all of this, we pray for your kingdom to come, for your will to be done in Murfreesboro, in this school, in these families' lives. Build community, create something new here, something more. Help us see it. Help us believe that it can be, that it will be, because it's your will. We ask this because of you, Jesus. We ask this of you because only you give us the hope that these things might be. You alone, O Lord. Amen. Greg, thank you so much. You don't know how much that meant. Um, tomorrow we have one of our own going into surgery, Ben, and we're going to pray for you. We have um, one of our fellow shepherds who has been quarantined again due to exposure uh, from family who had been affected by COVID and vaccinated from COVID and has COVID again. So we're keeping Jerry and Beverly in our prayers as well. And this has wreaked havoc on families and relationships and congregations and schools. Um, so there's one banner we can fly. There is one God who will heal. Let's go there. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Ben, would you come up here? If uh, you'd like to gather around Ben, um, lay hands on him as well. We should have come back to you. <laughs> Father, there are so many needs that we just may not be aware of, but you are an awesome, ever-present God. 
and we trust in you. Father, we pray for Ben. We pray for his body. Father, we know that you have walked with Ben and Ben has walked with you for many years. And we just ask that the surgeons will be prepared, be looking to you for wisdom, that the skill that you have given them will be applied, that the care that Ben will need will be supplied. Father, we thank you for your healing, and we trust in you for that. Father, we pray for Jack Way. Father, this is so, so, so trying of times, and this disease is just unrelenting. And we pray that you will one day enable us to conquer it, but in the meantime, to bring peace and comfort to the family, to bring strength to those who feel that their arms are weary. We pray for encouragement in these last days. Bring peace. We pray for our brother Jerry and sister Beverly that they will be kept safe from this virus, that you will bring speedy recovery to their children and grandchildren, and we pray that all will be well to your glory, to your honor, to your praise. Father, we know, again, that there's many things that we are not aware of. But, Father, we take those things right now, and we lay them at your feet. And we ask if we can minister in any way that you'll open our eyes, you'll speak to us, and that we will be obedient. Thank you, Father, for Jesus, the great physician, the wonderful healer, the passionate, caring son. Thank you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you. We were trying to uh, pick a closing song for the story of Jesus and Lazarus, and Bruce suggested.